Would you go with me to Luke chapter 21, verse 24 to verse 28, and then Romans chapter 11, verse 25. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's uh, read together verse 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword. That's one. Say one. One. The Jewish people will fall by the edge of the sword. Of course, that has happened in history. One third of the population of the nation have died and more over the period of time. Prophecy number two, read, and shall be led away captive into all nations. Say, all nations. all nations. History tells you 104 countries captured them. Look at prophecy three, read, and Jerusalem shall be what? Trampled or what? Trodden down by the who? By the Gentiles, that's prophecy three. What's this? Five times in the Old Testament she's called holy. Five times in the New Testament she's called holy. But she was trampled. Which means that there are times when holy things are trampled. So if you feel today that you are being trampled upon, join the fellowship of the holy city. You are in company with Jerusalem. Wow. I, I want to be in that company. You know? I, I want to be in that company. Prophecy 3. Prophecy 4, read. Until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now, now I'm going to show you something that's going to astonish you. Simply put, uh, let, let me interpret for you. Simply put, in the generation that will see the coming of the Lord, Almighty God will yank Jerusalem out of the hand of the enemy and give it back to the holy people, the Jewish people. Do you believe that God has the power to yank holy stuff out of the hand of the enemy and give it back to the people of the Lord. Can I say something else to you? If you're under attack, rejoice because the devil isn't after you trash. If you're under attack, there's some holy stuff that he's after. What he doesn't understand is what is holy is under covenant. It became holy because it's covered by blood. And if it's under covenant, it's not his. Neither is it yours. So what may be holy may be captured, but cannot be held. It has to be released. I wish I had somebody to look at somebody and tell them this morning is a morning of release. Do you believe that? This morning is the morning of release. Question. Does anybody here have some holy stuff the enemy has tried to capture or has captured and you want it back? Yes. Oh, I can talk a lot about that holy stuff because if it's holy, it is deposited to be withdrawn. God never makes a deposit to make you rich. He makes a deposit to withdraw it. How many of you are ready for some withdrawal today? That's prophecy four, right? Let's go to prophecy 5, verse 25. Read. There shall be signs in them. I'm going to show you something astonishing. Prophecy 6. Read. And in the moon. Prophecy 7. Stars. Prophecy 8. Distress of wind. Prophecy 9. The sea. Prophecy 10. The waves. Now, can you imagine 10 prophecies in two verses? say I don't want to preach that well then take 27% of the Bible and rip it out 
because God spoke more on prophecy than the Holy Spirit, heaven, hell, and salvation put together. If you don't like end time stuff, rip out 27% of the Bible. 10 prophecies in two verses. Now I want you to skip a verse and go to verse 27. Read with me if you can. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. How many of you are looking forward to that day? When Christ comes again, would you wave your hands and say hallelujah to the Lord? How many of you are looking forward to the pre-rapture occupation to harvest? Would you say amen? See, I am not an escapist. I'm a harvester. And the closer his coming comes, is the more harvest involved I am in. So I gave you ten prophecies. But there's one more that comes right before the coming of the Lord. Just before Christ comes again, there's one more, the 11th prophecy. Would you like to hear it? Yeah. I think it will shock you. Go to verse 26. Read. Men's hearts failing them for a pandemic of fear. The last prophecy before the coming of the Lord is a pandemic of fear. Now, do you know why the last? Is the pandemic of fear? Because when you're afraid, you will give up your most elementary liberty. Then when you're afraid, you are not a harvester, you are a maintainer. Because it's your fault and no more. So the last attack of the enemy is the attack on your life for the harvest. But i got to tell the enemy something. I, I don't talk to him much at all. You know why? He is under my the last attack of the enemy is fear. Could it be that we are living in moments before the coming of the Messiah? Then I want to show you something. I think it's going to be very interesting. Verse 28, a key. Read. And when these things begin to, then do what? Look up. Lift up your head. Your redemption draw at night. When these things what? That's a word that's overlooked in prophecy. What God is saying is before the coming of the Messiah, I have inserted a period of time in the pre-rapture scenario called the beginning. Let me show you what that means. When the world is screaming end, God is thundering beginning. There are three beginnings in the word of God. Haggai chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, and Revelation chapter 3. The beginning of the latter glory, the beginning of the latter reign, and the beginning of the key of David. So may I declare to you that you are living in moments of a prophetic beginning before the coming of the Lord. How many of you are ready to walk in the power of that beginning? Let me read one more verse to you. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Say fullness. fullness. Say it one more time. Over here, you have the times of the Gentiles dealing with the world. Over here, you have the fullness of the Gentiles dealing with you. Two prophetic moves of God. I will be honored to open up to you this morning. I'm going to go very quickly because uh, there's a huge revelation that I want to impart to you today. According to the word of God, there are two prophetic movements of God and two only. Only two. One. There's something called the times of the Gentiles. And let me give you a little thought on all that. The times of the Gentiles is the time that the Gentiles have domination over the city of Jerusalem. But look how it's called, the times. That means God has timed it. 
How many of you are happy that the government doesn't have your time? How many of you are happy that Mr. Biden doesn't have your time? Aren't you happy that your life isn't timed by the price of gas? If it is, you're short-lived. Yes. How many of you are happy that your life is timed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Give a shout of hallelujah So I can get up in the morning and I can have faith and expectation and hope because God has it timed. And God's timing is perfect timing. There are two movements of God. The times of the Gentiles that have to do with the world and the fullness of the Gentiles that have to do with the church. Only two moves of God. This one is going out. This one is coming in. This one is being buried. This one is being This one is fractured. This one is healed by the power of Almighty God. I wish I had somebody else. This one is in lack. That one is in abundance. This one here has no hope. That one there is full of hope. So I am here to let you know, whereas I am in the world, I am not My supply, my power, my hope, my glory comes from another world. Somebody shout another world. How many of you are happy that your power and your supply, my God shall on my knees according to his dimension called glory to put his riches and I am here to announce to you today I want you to hear me I want you to hear me whereas this is coming to an end can you show me anything in the world that's getting better the only place where things are getting better is the church you know why because we are a part of a move called the fullness of the Gentiles. So I am authorized by the Lord to prophesy over your life a time of fullness has come. How many of you are ready for the fullness of joy and the fullness of peace and the fullness of power and the fullness of passion and the fullness of worship and the fullness of supply? I make a joke with people and I tell them, I said, your supply comes from another world. It has nothing to do with the economy from another world. Let me tell you some church people what they know about, all they know about another world. Uh, it's, it's a thing I like to do. One day, during the days of our life, I gather all my... Some of them were young and... Others were bold and... Gave me so much trouble, I ended up on the edge. Then I got sick. They had to take me to the... Ah! There I met the young doctors. I asked them for a guiding light to take me to another... Uh, all some church people know about another world is a soap opera life. 
May I declare to you today that no matter what happens in the world, no matter what hell comes, no matter what flood comes, no matter who is president and who is resident, no matter who is in the White House, I belong to a prophetic move of God for the fullness of the Gentiles. And Father will fill it up. I prophesy over somebody today that God will fill it up. He fill up your life. Fill up your family. Fill up your home. Fill up your heart. Fill up your spirit. over 60 prophecies have come to pass and I can give you all of them because I studied them in Luke 21 there's a different move there are 11 prophecies that come in sequence one after the other climaxing with a pandemic of fear before the coming of the Lord it is my belief that we are there right now your being here today testifies that your faith is greater than your fear do you know there are church people that say I ain't going back to church I know, maybe not in Kentucky. Look what they say. They say, I am afraid I'm going to get COVID because a viral particle may come out of the mouth of the preacher, lodge into my nostril, and infect me with COVID. So they don't come. But they go to Walmart! So Walmart gets more devotion than church. At least it's a viral particle comes out of my mouth and touches you. It's holy water. <laughs> now, I want to show you something that is unusual from the word of God. If you live in fear, one, you give up your liberties. Two, you are not a harvester because fear will lock you into your house. You'll never be involved in the end time harvest. Never. So the attack of fear is the last attempt of the enemy to rob you of your harvest. Can I tell the devil something? You can never rob me of my right to be a harvester. I wish I had somebody to notify the devil right now. You may touch my head, you may touch my body, you may touch my feet, but you cannot rob me of my destiny to be a part of the end time harvest before the coming of the Almighty God. I was born for this day. I, I don't know what quality of life you live. I don't know whether you have decided well, I'm going to give a part to God and I'm going to keep a part for me. See, what you don't understand, the part you don't give to God, you give to the devil. And when you are attacked, the devil doesn't have to use a demon to attack you. He just uses you to whoop you. Because the unsurrendered part of you will whoop the surrendered part of you. It's very elementary, sir. Give it to God or give it to the devil. Your choice. But when you sleep with devils, don't complain about heat. Trust me, I'm still going to eat barbecue, no matter how much of you is given to God. I promise you. But I have made a decision, devil, you are not going to get my praise. I wish I had somebody to say amen. You are not going to get my worship. You are not going to get my commitment. You are not going to get my faith. You are not going to get my vision. You will not diminish my dreams. You will not diminish my expectations. You will not take 
my hope of because I am going to be a part of the pre-rapture harvest. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, if you look at that scripture, and then I'll give you some facts. If you look at Luke 21, 24, I want you to hear this. It's very important. If they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled under feet of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. All right, now hold on, hold, hold right there until uh, say, say uh, until what? Until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. All this is in reference to Jerusalem and you. Now there are several parallels between you and Jerusalem. Seven of them. I'll give you that another day because it, it, I'll keep going on and on. So. How many of you believe in the timing of the Lord? Amen. When you wave your hands? Amen. How many of you believe and understand that God's timing is never, never yours? In our mind, God is always late. I'm, I'm sorry, that's the way it is with us. We want it. Yeah. Instant potatoes, instant coffee, instant breakthrough. No process. We don't want to go through nothing. He went through a cross and a burial to get to resurrection and then to Pentecost. We want no cross and we want no burial. We just want resurrection. Holy ha ha. No process. You believe that God is a God of timing. That's the only place in the word of God, the entire Bible, where three timing words are mentioned in eight words. One, until. Two, times. Three, fulfilled. I want to tell you what they mean because you will be astonished. How many of you believe that this is God's time for you? Yeah. When you wave your hands and say amen, I promise yeah. you, I promise you today, this is God's time for us. Yeah. Huh? Okay, watch this. Would you like to hear the meaning of until? Greek word akrisi, A-H-K-R-E-C-E. Look what it means. It means a terminus of time. It has to do with time, but it's a terminus. Now, that don't make no sense, does it? But the word terminal does. Can you tell me what happens at a bus terminal? Say it again. Nah, nah. That's it. The bus. And then something comes to an end. And then something begins Rapidly. You never have to wait one day to get a bus. You spend one day in the airport. You know what happened to me? Coming from around the world. The other side of the world. Australia. In ministry. Coming home. I fly 19 hours. Got to Dallas on time. Had a nine-hour layover in Dallas. Two minutes of time. Something comes to end. Yeah. And something. Yeah. Rapidly. Yeah. So, so what God was saying to Jerusalem. Is I'm going to bring Jordanian rule to an end. And rapidly I'm going to elevate you. Until today. Jerusalem is one of the most economically viable cities in the world. What is God saying to you today? 
something that has tracked you, something that has attacked you, some yapping hound of hell from your yesteryear, some pattern, some stronghold, some attack is going to come to an end this morning. Right here, Almighty God is going to bring it to an end. And then rapidly, somebody shout rapidly, somebody shout rapidly, a new anointing, a new power, a new strength, a new glory, a new life, a fresh something is going to break out of you in the mighty name of Jesus. Because thus saith the Lord, it is a terminus of time. We came through COVID, you know. So, five months ago, I finished in the studio teaching the book of Revelation verse by verse. It was 40 hours. It wasn't that long. Uh, 40 hours of teaching. Then my curriculum notes, you know, the notes to go with it, was 690 pages. Well, at least somebody look happy. <laughs> Lord, just because you didn't write it. Come on. So, 690 pages, right? So I took it. Now, the president of North Carolina Theological College took my course. And she said, I've studied the Bible for 45 years. I have never seen this. So she called me one day and said, um, Brother Valley, our board has met, and my vice president, it's an accredited college, my vice president is here, and we want to ask you if you would be willing for us to formally adopt your course into our curriculum. I said, I would be honored. She said, but we have something else to ask you. Because your course is 40 hours plus 20 hours of research, plus another 15 hours of answering questions, plus we will add a 25,000 word dissertation. Would you be okay with us offering your course as a doctoral degree program? In other words, if they take my course, they get a doctor's degree from an accredited college. Now, my dear friends, I know that don't mean diddly squat to some of you, but let me tell you what it means to me. Because I'm following a pattern. Something is going to come to an end. Something is going to begin rapidly. Oh, by the way, they're carrying four more of my courses. I prophesy over somebody, some ghost from your yesteryear, a yapping hound of hell that have came, that has come against you, a pharaoh from your past that has come, a pattern from the past that has come and become a stronghold. I declare to you today in the name of Jesus, this morning it comes to an end. And right here and right now, in the name of the Lord, rapidly, something is going to begin. Am I authorized to declare prophetically a beginning in your life? Can I ask you a question? You think when Christ comes, he's coming for a weak, spiritless, anemic, irrelevant, redundant, running from the devil, hiding from the enemy, running in fear, a bunch of do-gooders waiting for the next bus to heaven on a low-calorie dessert for quitters? Huh? Is that who he's coming for? No. When is he coming for a spirit sword, blood bought, word taught, type paying, demon chasing, mountain moving, faith stopping, God exalting church? That's who you are. Look at somebody and say, That's who you are. That's who you are. 
May I declare it over somebody right here and right now. Thus saith the Lord. Oppression over the holy comes to an end. And a new beginning. And a new touch. And a new power. Can you believe after I was saved in 1972. I began preaching three months after I was saved. Can you believe after preaching for 50 years. May I declare, may I declare to you today. Something prophetic is about to begin rapidly with explosion, with freshness, with yeah. newness, and with anointing in your life. Because yeah. Almighty God is requiring the service of all who are pre-rapture saints to be involved in the harvest. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you're apostle or prophet. It doesn't matter whether you're evangelist or teacher. Almighty God is employing every saint in an end time ordained strategy to win the lost. I want to declare prophetically to every person in this church, not because you have a lot of faith, not because you belong to the fivefold, not because you're some super duper whopper stuff of curry flurry commuter computer thing, not because you think you're a legend. Let me tell you, if you think you're a legend, nobody else does. It's only in your mind. The only legend in this country is John Wayne. The Duke. I declare prophetically from the word of God, you know, if I laid hands on you and said, thus saith the Lord, uh, God's going to give you something supernatural. I, I could be in flesh. Just because I say, thus saith the Lord, don't mean God said. But if I quote the word and I say to you, thus saith the Lord and thus saith the word, I cannot be wrong. Thus saith the Lord and thus saith the word. Something is coming to an end today. It doesn't matter what you miss. It doesn't matter how you miss it. It doesn't matter why you miss it. I am here to declare to you what is holy has to be released by the power of the Almighty God. It begins today. Something comes to an end and something supernatural begins. And I declare that over your life today. Can you imagine London calls me? England. They say, we just moved into a church to see 2,000 people. Would you come and preach? I said, yes. They just bought a theater in downtown London. I'm coming. But they said, that's not why we called. We want to know if you would make our church your headquarters in England so we could launch you into Europe. I said, yes, let me pray about it. Aha! I am finding the closer I get to the coming of the Lord is the more new beginnings I am receiving from the Lord. And I want to declare to you, a new beginning has begun. Yes. Prophetically, are you ready to walk in that? Yes. Are you ready for the ghosts of yesteryear to be obliterated by the power of the yes. Almighty God? Yes. Would you say amen to the power? Yes. I, I must do this before I continue because I'm writing my 16th book. I've authored 50. This is my 16th book on what I'm preaching this morning. But I have to tell you that there's someone here today, and you will say, Brother Bally, I believe that right now something can come to an end and something is going to begin rapidly. I want to tell you what I know about them. I don't know much. Let me tell you what I know. He is what he says he is. She is who she says he is. He is, she is who they say they are. They are no shades and no agendas here. And let me tell you, they are few and far apart. Do you know why I know that this church is destined 
the supernatural destiny and it has begun take a look if you didn't notice before take a look is that bluegrass so I am authorized by the word of God to declare in your life an ending but the beginning the ending but the beginning takes place at the count of three I want somebody that believes that I want that and I can receive that today I want you to stand at the count of three and I just want you to give the Lord some shouts of hallelujah and those shouts of hallelujah are just shouts of acclamation and adoration to the Lord letting him know you are the supernatural God yes. amen what are you going to say say if you stand hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. amen and don't say it like a sissy, okay? <laughs> Not you. You can't say it because you you look like you're a you look like you're a marine man. Army. 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 Yes, I was too. But I believe that something is about to explode in a new beginning for you, like it exploded for Jerusalem, when everybody else in the world is talking about the end. Father says to you, you will walk in a prophetic beginning in three dimensions. Yes. A latter glory, a latter reign, and the latter uh, execution of the key of David. Are you ready? Yes. One, two, three. You know, my friends, please. Some of you in this church, you've done great things for the Lord. You've been faithful obedient you've had good things happen to you but what is about to happen to you before the rapture of the church in dimension will be far greater than what you've ever experienced I'm telling you after 50 years and three months of preaching I'm experiencing dimensions I have never had in my life anointings I have never had all right let me give you the two other words Times. Say times. times. You know the word. It's the word kairos. K-A-Y-E-E-R-O-S. Sometimes spelled K-A-I-R-O-S. Which means what? A definite time. A set time. A fixed time. And a pointed time. But listen to the last definition. A time you've waited for. How many of you are here and... God has been mighty good to you. Amen. You say amen. amen. And you love him with all of your heart. Amen. You say amen. But how many of you have things in your heart that you know that God is going to do for you that have not happened yet? How many of you have dreams and visions that have begun to be fulfilled but have never really been fructified or matured but you know it's coming? Would you say amen? amen. So what God is saying is after I end something, and when I begin something, I'm going to create a time that you are going to walk in. And when you walk in that do you know how you can beat a bad thing? Walk in the right time. Christ on the cross, bad thing. Christ hanging, right time. Three Hebrew boys in fire. The fire, bad thing. Fourth man stepping in. Right time. Pharaoh has control of, of, of Egypt. Moses, bad thing. Moses stepping in. Right time. They were in a 
a storm. Bad thing. Jesus shows up. Right time. You know how you can beat a bad thing? Walk in the right time. Can I show you how your timing and my timing and God's timing differs? Mary and Martha are looking at their brother. And the brother is dying. They send for the Lord, his best friend. What did the Lord tell them? Y'all go. I'm coming. They didn't want to hear that. Because that wasn't their time. He tarried. When he came, Lazarus was dead and decomposing. He told them, remove the... And they said, behold it. Stinketh. You know why? Sometimes God waits for you to stink to show up. You know why? If you're three-quarter dead, a doctor can raise you. If you're half dead, a doctor can raise you. If you're a quarter dead, a doctor can raise you. But if you're dead four days and you're stinking, only God can raise you from the dead. And God will get the glory. I wish I had somebody to give a shout from hallelujah in the house of the Lord. And the Bible declared, the Bible declared that Jesus told Mary and Martha, if you can believe, you will see the glory. You know why he waited four days? Because one day is with the Lord as and a thousand years is. So four days equals four thousand. So what he was saying, do you know how many days they examined the Passover lamb in the temple? Do you know how many days they examined Jesus? So what he was saying is the New Testament lamb was locked in the Old Testament, but after four days of four thousand years, he would be revealed. Timing. I want to declare this ministry. There are some things in your life that you have been waiting for. And in the waiting time, you didn't give up. In the waiting time, you didn't blame God. In the waiting time, you didn't surrender to depression. In the waiting time, you didn't give up. You just kept praising and you kept moving and you kept glorifying the Lord. And I want to declare into your life right now, the timing of God. What you have waited for has come. We've been waiting. Look at somebody and tell them, we've been waiting. We've been waiting. Listen, if you like to wait, you need deliverance. Any of you ever stood in a long line at Walmart and the lady in front of you is disputing a price and you saying, I'm so enjoying this. <laughs> I'm saying, lady, get out of the way. I'll pay the difference. <laughs> I hate waiting. But when it comes to God, waiting is an honor. Father, I am honored to have waited when I went through what I have gone through, not knowing when you would come through, but you did. It is a time you've waited for. Now, the last one I will deal with is amazing. It is the word what? Chose. Say it again. Chose. Now I didn't put any of my projects. I think I have nine of my books and a bunch of new things I have done. I did 21 new projects in the studio and it's in the car. The last one? You know, whenever God mentions something in sequence, you know, four or five, one, two, three, three is always the most, that's right, powerful. Let me explain. Faith, hope, but the greatest of these is on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and why is John number three? Because he's the apostle of love. You have 30, 60, and 
100. I did the same thing. 30, 60, and 100 fold. The greatest of this is 100 fold. Uh -huh. But if you take 100 and minus 60, what do you get? 40. 40 is the number of testing. Goliath taunted them for 40 days. Israel doubted for 40 days. They wandered for 40 years. Christ fasted for 40 days. So what God is saying, when I get ready to shift you from 60 to 100, testing comes. So if you are here and you're under attack, could it be that God is getting ready to shift you? Would you like to know what the last word means? Yes. Fulfill. It's the word play role. P-L-A-Y-R-O-O-O. He play role. Look what play role means. Look. One, something has come to it. Yeah. And then something. Yeah. And then I begin to. In the right time. And after I do all of that, this is what God says. I'll fulfill it in your life. What the word fulfill means? To cause to abound. To fill up. You'll never run on empty. And here the next one. To fill it up so that nothing is ever lacking. Now, why would God give you that kind of breakthrough if you still are chased by yapping hounds of hell? Why would God give you that breakthrough if you're walking in your time? But if you are here today and you have said to flesh, you will have no domination to my mind, my emotion. And then God has put that to an end. And then God has begun your breakthrough. And then you have said, I'm not going to walk in my time. I'm not going to walk in the world's time. I'm going to walk in God's time. And now you are walking in God's time. Now God says, I'll fill it up. Turn off the cash register. How about fill up my joy? Fill up my peace. Fill up my anointing. Fill up my wellness. Fill up my healing. Fill up my wholeness. Fill up my vision. Fill up my dream. Fill up my faith. Fill up my hope. Fill up my expectation. And then fill up my money. Can I give you one more testimony? I made two world trips in my bit. I've been to about 48 countries. 48 to 52. So I've traveled quite a lot. And uh had the privilege of making two trips around the world. That means several countries in one trip. So I'm about to make my third. And it will take me to Indonesia, to Singapore, to Australia, to Africa, two nations in Europe, London, South America, the Caribbean, and back home. So it's really a world trip. Uh, the hours of flying is about 102. Because to Indonesia alone, and that includes uh, how you call it, layover times and all that, you know. So, to Indonesia alone is 31 hours. How would you like to be in coach for 102 hours? The fellow on your right is going like this. The lady on your left is going like this. The fellow in front of you puts his seat back and he's 300 pounds. And you can't move. But. The difference in airfare from coach and first class from Tulsa to Indonesia, one, one way, $4,000 difference in flight. Hello, coach. Dear friend of mine, pastor called me. Said, I heard you going overseas. Said, yeah. Said, well, our church will upgrade you to first class all the way. Don't have to worry about... God will fill. Remember 
when the ravens brought meat to Elijah? I wrote a whole chapter in my book on the ravens. Where does a raven get meat in a time of famine? I want to suggest Jezebel's table. The wealth of the wicked is transferred in a prophetic time from the wicked to the righteous. So I want to declare to all of you a time of filling up has come. That is two points in a 10 point message. That's why I have to write a book on this subject. So I want to ask, is everybody ready for filling up? Yes. yes. Remember, it ain't coming if you still surrender to flesh and self and Egypt. You may be out of Egypt, but Egypt must be out of you. It won't happen until something new has begun. And it won't happen if you're walking in your timing. you got to be walking in God's timing. Then you fill it up. Can I declare over your lives? How many of you need that filling up today? Yeah. Yeah.